the terrible suffering of Mandat Swan that it has been and to a degree continues to be inflicted upon Achim B'nai Yisrael. The Sakana which continues provides it, 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 it asks for reflection on so many different levels with so many different foci. The, the, the current slot and venue, Tafasta Mehubalo Tafasta, so we'll, we'll try, as we said, to focus on one aspect. When I was first reading about what happened in Eretz Yisrael on Shabbos, so I saw that some of the survivors were comparing it to the Holocaust. And in my first round of reading, we basically all I saw were statistics, horrifying statistics. I didn't, didn't understand why they were drawing that comparison. With the second round of reading, where it wasn't limited to statistics, but there were already descriptions of how of what was inflicted and how it was done the unspeakable savagery so I began to I understood the comparison to the Holocaust and in my third round of reading I now think that the savagery displayed by the Amalek of Toshin Peydalid, obviously not in terms of numbers and quantity, but in terms of the, the, the savagery, it actually exceeds many of the Holocaust accounts that one reads. And then the question which some of you very sincerely are asking, others perhaps are on the receiving end of the question. So we understand that the perpetrators are a Malik, that they chose to abuse their to extinguish the humanity within themselves, to extinguish the Tzalim within themselves, and transform themselves into monsters. So we, we understand that. But the question is, 
How does HaKadosh Baruch Hu allow it to happen? So, I'd like to not answer the question, but provide perspective on the question. When this question, known as the question of theodicy, arises, it's crucial to first understand how thinking about this should be approached. And, and one can't, it's, 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 it's wrong and, and will yield wrong results if a person begins with a question of how could this happen? The, the question one needs to begin with is within given our conception of Akash and the belief system which surrounds it, can we, should we expect to understand all Darkei HaHashkotha? Can we, should we expect that all Darkei HaHashkotha will be comprehensible to us? So, imagine you have parents who will adopt the following policy. Because they don't want their baby to ever be frustrated by their actions, they'll only do for the baby, the newborn, the neonate, the three-month-old, the six-month-old, the, the toddler, that will only do for the baby what the baby can understand and appreciate. But if the baby won't be able to understand or appreciate it, so then they won't do that for the baby. So the baby's not going to understand why the guy in the white coat is sticking him with needles at his periodic uh, visits. So they won't give him any inoculations. So our reaction to that is that's not compassion, that's cruelty. That, that the parents limit themselves in their parenting, in, in looking out for the welfare of their child, that they limit themselves to the infantile, literally infantile understanding of the baby is child abuse. So how can it be that there can't be an expectation that we, with our puny, finite intellect, are going to understand the Dhanayashat? Akhodrov was infinite, Akhodrov was omniscient. And we're finite and have a puny intellect. So take the moshal and multiply it by a factor of infinity. So there clearly is, is no expectation that we can or will 
ever understand all Darke Hashkotha, because that would mean that a Kajvaruch who is exercising Hashkotha in, 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 in a way that, that's limited and constrained by, by our feeble understanding. Now, a little bit of an omek to, to this, a little bit of an omek to, to maybe a little bit deepen our understanding of this point. Again, let, let's begin with emotion. Let's say you have someone who's has some, I don't know, some disability or something that he can only see the world in two dimensions. When, when, when he looks at a person, he sees a, a cutout, a paper cutout figure. He only sees the world in, 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 in two dimensions. He sees, he experiences, and therefore, if he wants to analyze, can only analyze the world in two dimensions. And others who, who, who are not limited by this disability, they see the world in three dimensions. So it's not only the case that the, the one who, who sees, experiences, and therefore analyzes the world in three dimensions, it's not only the case that that individual sees more, that individual sees a different reality. And it's not just a question of more, not just a question of countless, and maybe even atheus is, is understating it. It's entirely a different reality. To see something in two dimensions, or to see it in three dimensions, is not to see more of it. It's not even just to see qualitatively different. It's an entirely different reality. If, if one wanted to oversimplify the, the, the Rambam's teachings about Kajvaru, and there would be some toughness in doing it, as long as one was aware that one was oversimplifying. So one would, would reduce it to the following. We have a tendency to think of Kajvaru as I don't mean this facetiously, it's not a time for humor, and it's not intended to be humorous. We, we think of Hashem as a superman. What does that mean? We think of that, well, we're mortal, and Hashem is more, he's immortal. And we know so much, and Hashem is omniscient, he knows everything. But basically, we think of him in human categories, but since he surpasses us, so he's superhuman. And the Malcolm says, no, that's fundamentally wrong. Because Baruch's existence is entirely different and sui generis, and has nothing in common with our existence. Everything about Baruch is entirely different entirely different from us. 
And the same way the Rambam says that Eina Mitasa, the reality of Adosh Baruch Hu, has got nothing in common with our reality. So, so too, when we speak of Adosh Baruch Hu's idea, it has nothing in common with our idea. And that's what Yeshayu Adon means when, when he's speaking in, in the voice of Adosh Baruch Hu. So when HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees the world, sees in quotation marks, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees a different reality. Again, Moshe obviously any Moshe, when every time HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by definition, the Moshe is, is, is inadequate but nonetheless helpful. Moshe Lema to that one person sees, experiences, and analyzes the world in two dimensions, and another person sees, analyzes, sees, experiences, and analyzes the world in three dimensions. So the answer to our first question of can we, should we expect to understand all dark Yenishkotha, so the answer is obviously, very compellingly, no, of course not. Of course that's, that's minha nimna. Of course th- there have to be mysteries of divine providence. There have to be, yes, there are some parashios psuchos in, in, in the surya of Hashem, but obviously there are going to be parashios sumos. It, it couldn't be otherwise. It's ludicrous to think that, that it would be otherwise. The, the other element of the perspective on the question, again, we're not, we're not looking to answer the question, we're looking to have a perspective on the question. Let, let's again begin with emotional. Let's say you have an, an adult, and he's looking back on his childhood, and he's looking back on how his parents engaged in parenting. And the, the track record, the objective record is that his parents were wonderful parents. Always, even in terms of his subjective experience, always nurturing, always doing what was best for him. Once when he was 11 years old, they disciplined him very harshly. Neither then nor subsequently could he ever make sense of why they acted that way. It just it, it doesn't add up. It didn't add up when he when he was eleven and experienced it. And even now when he's 21, 31, 41, and looking back with an adult perspective, it still doesn't add up. So if he's going to reflect on his parents and their parenting, so obviously he can't have tunnel vision and, and hone in on that experience that Monday evening when he was 11 years old and draw inferences from that and, 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 and draw conclusions from that and characterize how his parents parented. Without 
without ignoring it, without denying it, but, but honesty requires that if he wants to have an accurate perception, instead of tunnel vision, he needs a panoramic vision. He has to reflect on his entire childhood. When he does so, that episode remains a Parashastum. He still doesn't understand it. Maybe he never will. But he knows. He knows, again, in conjunction, in, in the Nimshal, with the first Yisod, that obviously there have to be things in Hashkrocha that we won't understand. There has to be. It has to be that way. It can't be otherwise. But given of what we do understand, that there is a pattern. There's a pattern of our miraculous existence. There's a pattern of, of, of incredible chasadim, al-gabe chasadim, al-gabe chasadim, whose life here hasn't been changed by the, the bracha of being able to spend time in, in Medina Sisram. The reason you were able to spend time in Eretz Yisrael is because there's a Medina Sisram. So yes, there, there's an indescribably excruciatingly painful episode which defies our understanding. We don't understand it, we're not going to understand it. But it doesn't, it doesn't shake a person's emotion because a person knows going in that he can't, shouldn't, that it's absurd to think he'll understand everything. And there is a broader context in which a person needs to think. That's the basis for Fitzidikadin. That, that, that's how a person, when, when it's literally applicable, when a person has to make the Rebotha of Dayanamis, that, that's the mindset which allows for it. And, and, and that's what we need to be aware of as, as we reflect upon the, the, the current matzah in, in our system.